Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi Okono. The title of this week's lesson is Education in Arts and Sciences. The key text is from Psalm 19 verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows His handiwork. Shall we pray? Everlasting King of glory, thank you for granting us this opportunity to study your word. Dear Lord, help us to hear you clearly and to act in obedience to the truth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In recent years, top scientists have begun agreeing that what the Bible teaches can be trusted, as many Bible teachings have now been confirmed by scientific discoveries. In fact, in many instances, the Bible has proven to be more trustworthy than any scientific document. For instance, science cannot explain the amazing complexity of the universe, but the Bible can. True education, therefore, should include the study of arts and science from a biblical perspective in a way that the main aim of the education becomes to save and to redeem. For this aim to be achieved, God's word must inform the teaching of every discipline, from humanities to molecular biology. Without it, we can lose sight of God's enormity, his sovereignty as creator and sustainer of our world. In learning to see how God views his creation, we come closer to understanding how certain disciplines should be taught. The Lord alone. Nehemiah 9 verse 6 You alone are the Lord. You have made the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them. And you preserve them all. The host of heaven worship you. Evidences of God's existence are seen in all creation. Even after more than 6,000 years of man's destructive activities, the evidences are so powerful that Apostle Paul says in Romans 1 verses 18 to 21 that those who reject these evidences of God will be without excuse. We need to constantly consider the intention of God in creating the world which has been destroyed and marred by man and then try to emphasize that aim through the way we teach arts and sciences. Talk about how plants grow, how they receive nutrients or expel waste products. Talk about insects and birds, how they are able to sustain themselves on air. Talk about human systems, how we eat or receive nutrients. How female eggs are fertilized, how we maintain a healthy internal temperature, even when we are subjected to an unusually hot environment, and how we breathe, reason, walk, perceive smells, we see the evidence of a loving God. To educate any generation by merely suggesting to them that all these happen by chance and instilling the assumption that there is no God without bringing them to the consciousness of God in all things is foolishness. True education then should not be foolish in its approach. Think about the incredible wonder and beauty in our world, even after sin? How can we learn to draw hope and comfort from it, especially in times of personal trials and sufferings? The beauty of holiness. Psalm 96 verse 9, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. How do we understand this concept, the beauty of holiness? What should this mean to a Christian? And how should it impact what we teach about art and science. 
though it has been said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, we mustn't forget that God created the eye. Proverbs 20 verse 12. Though we have to be careful not to worship the creation itself, from the beauty of creation, we can learn about God and indeed His love of beauty. If our fallen world still looks so beautiful, who can imagine what it must have been like before the fall? And this teaches us that God indeed is the creator of the beautiful. Study of arts and sciences can and should draw us closer to the character and heart of God because we are a part of God's own artwork and scientific phenomena. We can also learn more about our own identity in Christ. Ellen White writes in Steps to Christ, page 85, God would have his children appreciate his works and delight in the simple, quiet beauty with which he has adorned our earthly home. He is a lover of the beautiful, and above all that is outwardly attractive, he loves beauty of character. He would have us cultivate purity and simplicity, the quiet graces of the flowers. As with every thing God has done, we have an enemy who distorts and exploits it. It shouldn't be surprising then that beauty and concepts of beauty can be used against us as well. Thus, especially in arts, Christian education guided by scripture must help us learn to be careful in understanding that not all that is beautiful is necessarily good or holy. What are some beautiful things that are not necessarily holy and good? Or what are some beautiful things that can be made unholy and bad depending upon circumstances? What standard do we use to make these distinctions? Please discuss with someone about your thoughts. Experts in error. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. We know that our world has many arts and philosophies that do not honor God. Christians must carefully consider their own business in working with certain industries, patronizing certain establishments, viewing certain pictures and videos, and listening to certain music may not be honoring God. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're given clear instruction as to what pursuits we should avoid. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 20, Paul warns against what is falsely called knowledge. Though he's working from a different context, the principle is still applicable. That is, think about all the information, all the teaching, all the beliefs, not just now but throughout human history, that were flat out wrong. This should tell you that people can indeed be experts in error. For instance, for nearly 2,000 years, the world's smartest people, the experts, believed that the earth was static at the center of the universe, while all the stars and planets orbited it in perfect circles. Some very complicated math and science were used to buttress this belief, but in the end, it turned out to be wrong. These people were experts in error, and this teaching certainly was falsely called knowledge. Biological science today is predicated on the assumption that life began billions of years ago by chance, by the way, with no God or no purpose behind it. 
At the same time, an incredible amount of complicated and detailed math and science have been used to back this teaching. What lessons can we take away from this about how people can be experts in error? How should this realization impact Christian education in general and the teaching of science in particular? Foolishness and Wisdom The Bible draws a steady comparison between foolishness and wisdom. The book of Proverbs does well to remind us the dangers of foolish behavior and keeping the company of fools. The distinction is clear. God desires that his people seek wisdom to treasure it and abound in it. Students of the arts and sciences utilize their talents to gain knowledge and to pursue excellence in their studies. Teachers of these disciplines do similarly. We can be capable of artistic brilliance and scientific breakthroughs because of knowledge and ability. Yet, from a Christian perspective, what does knowledge of arts and science really mean if it does not involve knowing the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, truth and error? All one has to do, for instance, is read a bit about the lives of some of these deemed world's greatest artists in order to see that having wonderful skill and talent doesn't equate with a moral or upright life. One could argue, too, that the great scientists involved in the work of creating biological or chemical weapons of mass destruction might be highly educated, highly gifted, but what are the fruits of their work? As stated before, knowledge in and of itself is not necessarily a good thing. Knowledge in and of itself can not only be meaningless, but can lead to gross error if God is not the center of the knowledge. The Lord answered Job. Ellen G. White wrote in Petrats and Prophets, page 114, Many teach that matter possesses vital power, that certain properties are impacted to matter, and that it is then left to act through its own inherent energy, and that the operations of nature are conducted in harmony with fixed laws which God himself cannot interfere. This is false science and is not sustained by the word of God. Nature is the servant of her creator. Nature testifies of an intelligence, a presence, an active energy that works in and through her laws. There is in nature the continual working of a father and a son. Christ says, My father walketh hitherto, and I walk. Unfortunately, as stated earlier, so much of science works with the presum presumption or presupposition that there is no God. This means that a scientist could be staring at something of the utmost beauty, of the utmost complexity, and yet claim that it arose by chance. This is in fact what science claims all the time. Life on earth, in all its beauty and complexity, from butterflies to humans, is explained as nothing but a result of chemical accident which happened billions of years ago and which formed all things by accident. But this is not what science really teaches. It's only a philosophical position imposed upon the discipline by scientists themselves. On the contrary, science corroborates what scripture teaches, that there is God. The scripture teaches that God not only created everything, but that he sustains everything as well. This means that 
any true Christian education in science would have to work from radically different assumptions that science itself will work against. And inevitably, it will clash with what science believes, especially when it comes to origin. But the claims of the Bible should always be taken as superior. In conclusion, God alone made all things both seen and unseen. We should worship the Creator, not the creature. As helpful as science and scientists can be, we need to constantly be reminded that science experts can be in error, but the Bible will never be in error. Any education that upholds the presuppositions of inexistence of God is a foolish presupposition, and we need to avoid such positions. Please pray with me. Almighty Father, thank you for blessing us with this lesson. Teach us, dear Lord, to trust your word and to live by it daily in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions and contributions, you can reach me on WhatsApp through plus 234-903-789-1680. Or you can send me an email to summary at gmail.com. God bless you.